Hey everyone, um, we're doing this pre-recorded because we kind of messed up with the live stream. Those are the things happens. So we're doing this not live, but you at least get a podcast and you get the iTunes stuff, you get the YouTube stuff. So you at least get to see us eventually, hopefully sometime in the future. Now, I guess you're watching it. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> now that that's out of the way. Yeah, that's out of the way. <laughs> that's the stuff by... Some technical issues are to be expected with your first one. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. So let's start by introducing ourselves. Let's start with uh, Mob. Let's, did you present yourself and, and like, yeah, who you are? Hi, I'm uh, Moblord. Um, you've probably seen me around. I, I sometimes carry a sword in channels. They let me moderate sometimes and... I've uh, I've had some experience in the past with managing streamers. I've had some past with the online performers group. I've had some experience in the past doing some artwork and organization and team-based stuff for channels. Um, I'm kind of a jack of all trades, and I'm currently a Twitch admin, and that's basically it. And then we have Chris. How you guys doing? My name's Chris. Uh, I have a marketing and branding background. Uh, I recently founded streamernews.tv. It's just about a year, almost under a year, a little under a year. Um, we have our one year coming up in March. Um, we pretty much aggregate content that happens all around Twitch in the communities, um, covering you know your biggest streamer, medium streamer, smaller streamer. We do interviews within the communities. We pretty much just want to create something that we can look back in the next two to three years and be like, oh, cool, these are the people who laid the foreground for what Twitch is today. And that is the website. And I am Daniel. I run LiveSpace. Uh, I have a similar background to both of these guys. I also come from marketing and branding, and I did have done graphics and motion graphics for a long time as well. And about one year ago, I started LiveSpace and went full-time with designing around Twitch. And that's pretty much why I'm here. I also write two articles a week. There's really in-depth stuff about Twitch. And that's kind of where this idea for this podcast came from. Well, I talked to Chris, I think around TwitchCon sometimes, at some time. And then I, eventually I had Moblord on for, a, on for a podcast. And one thing led to another. And now we're sitting here, we're talking to you guys. And I'm kind of going to want to hear what Mob and Chris can I have, can I have thoughts about the show, what they want this show to be about. So... Mob, do you what, what what would you say this show is about for you, uh, for you? Well, for a long time, I've wanted to have kind of an outlet for where I could talk about some of the uh, the deeper sides of Twitch, some of the more interesting sides, um, because you know, obviously, there's the part where there's just the general support, and uh, you know, how do you ban trolls and how do you do the simple stuff? But for for a long time, I've had interest in talking to other community managers and and people who've had some position within the Twitch world as far as uh, strategies and as far as how to build a brand and how to kind of collect your various resources to be used for a channel. Um, I've had a lot of these different ideas and I've, I've, I've wanted to have a place where I could talk about that kind of stuff openly and then also also talk to some of the people who are doing some of the moderation and community management and that type of thing, the non-streamers, to kind of show them some ways that they could maybe uh, do some research and help benefit themselves and uh, be more useful to their streamers. So, yeah, basically that. And Chris, what's, what's your thoughts about this show and what, what you want it to be about? For you? So for me, uh, you know, 
with Twitch and broadcasters building communities, they're very close to their community. For us, we're a news source, so it's kind of hard to, you know, get a good idea of who the people are behind Super News being myself and other writers on the website. So for me, this is an outlet for everyone else who watches the show to kind of get to know my personality a little bit better, to, to know who is behind Streamer News and know that you know I'm a community-driven person and um, I care deeply about what happens on Twitch, um, what happens within the community, things like that. Um, and pretty much, I just want to talk to you guys because you guys are like-minded individuals. I consider you guys friends in real life. And I think that all three of us have very strong opinions on certain topics, and when we discuss them, it'll hopefully reach the masses to a point where people will be like, oh, you know what? That makes sense. I'm getting something out of this. Nice. And I'm, I'm all about the Twitch marketing, Twitch branding, and kind of how to grow your channel. That's kind of what my, uh, what my articles are all about. So I think all of us three together is going to create something that I think will be beneficial for both small streamers, medium streamers, all the way up to big streamers as well. Uh, so that's kind of why we're sitting here. Um, but without any, without delaying it, uh, we kind of want to run through the news that, that's been in the last week uh, from Streamer News. So again, I'm throwing it back to Chris and, and he can kind of walk you through uh, to, to, to talk the topics for today, pretty much. Yeah, so let's, uh, let's just start off with PAX South. I know we're like a week late, but I mean, PAX South was a really big, um, I know Mobler was in attendance there. Uh, can you can you tell us a little bit about how it was, what you saw? Oh man, I, I love PAX South. I think other than TwitchCon, PAX South was by far my, my most favorite convention to attend. Uh, I think it's because it's kind of like a, a best-kept secret where you have a lot of big-name broadcasters and the people who are serious about broadcasting, uh, but you don't have um, a lot of activities, you don't have a lot of uh, events scheduled typically for most of them. You don't have a lot of sponsors or fans necessarily pushing at you every month of every day. So what it allowed people to do is kind of hang out by the Riverwalk and uh, relax and enjoy each other's company. And uh, I think it's it's one of the best networking events that you'll, that you'll attend um, as far as that stuff goes. Um, but yeah, there, there aren't a lot of uh, big, you know, AAA game dev companies there yet. Um, there will be more at PAX East, which is coming up in a couple months. Um, but PAX South doesn't attract as much of the top end presence. But they still have, you know, they still have a lot of a lot of names and a lot of events happening and a lot of people in attendance. It's just not as cram packed as, as some of the other PAXs as far as game announcements and that kind of thing. There weren't too many of those. You mentioned networking there. Uh how important do you think it is for people to get to these kind of conventions and network? Well, yeah, that's, I mean, obviously if you can afford it, I think that's one of the, the best ways that you could spend your money. If you're close to, to any of the packs is uh, you should be trying to go for the networking side of things. Now before TwitchCon, it was kind of like every time that there was a convention, it was like a miniature Twitch family reunion at each one of these things. Now that there is a TwitchCon, maybe it's not as critical that you attend them, but um, it's still it's still uh, important enough that if you can afford to go, you should, and you should be printing up business cards before you go. You should be handing them out like crazy. You should getting be getting to know the people that are your peers, you know, around your own size. You should be getting to know the people who have streams larger than you, and not necessarily afraid of them because they're they're real people too. 
And um, if you have any of your own fans there, you should be getting to know them as well. And it's, it's very important for from the networking standpoint. That's where, you know, a lot of my original connections were made at, at conventions. A lot of friendships that I have now that I, I wouldn't have had if I hadn't been there in person. So um, you get to experience a different side of person when you see them in real life than you do online. There's no way to replicate it. There's no way to get around that. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, there's, there's such a big difference between networking in, in person and networking uh, online and social media, etc. Uh, and I mean, the strategies are totally different as well, uh, which hopefully we will get into uh, some time here uh, deeper. I, I don't really want to get into too deep now, but again, I, I think that networking in general, that's everybody pretty much knows that it's an important aspect of streaming. This is a side topic, but some people don't actually like the term networking because it feels like you're using someone else to climb the ladder, so to speak, in, in like almost like a malicious way. Uh, when, I mean, when I say when I say networking, I don't mean it like that. I, I mean it more as like socializing, but you know, around a certain central topic, which is Twitch. I feel like it's like a beneficial partnership. Like if you network with somebody, like I, I feel like if there's a mutual respect and understanding, um, like networking is, is just a means of beneficially working with each other. So, you know, someone might have a, a wider network reach than the other person. So they help the other person out, but then the other person might have a different reach than the other person. So it's like both parties are being kind of helped out. And I, I don't know, I know people don't like it, but I just look at it as, you know, like a partnership between people. True. Uh, what else do you have on the news list? Um, well, I just wanted to recap just kind of like, uh, so for me, I wasn't at PAX South, so I kind of watched it behind the screen. Uh, I just kind of wanted to recap some cool things that I thought were awesome just because I wasn't there to experience it. The partner spotlights this year, I thought they were really cool. They had like Tiger Rider, iCasper, um, Anthony Kong fan, Wild. They never really did those before, and it was kind of cool to uh, kind of meet the broadcaster in a different way. They spent about like 15 to 20 minutes talking to them. Um, and some of them actually like played games with the uh, co-hosts, whether it be Zeke or Soma, whoever it was. Um, the other thing that I watched was the Twitch Town Hall meeting. I thought it was pretty lackluster. Um, there wasn't really any announcements. It was just kind of like recapped what they did, you know, two-factor, all the other stuff, the, the Twitch T spring growing, things like that. Uh, the only cool thing that I got out of it was that TwitchCon would be announced in February, which still hasn't been announced yet, and I'm looking forward to hearing that soon. Um, other than that, drop frames, it's awesome. Uh, the role play show with everybody was like an all-star cast. I thought was really cool. Uh, I'm sure Mob can attest that it was awesome live. It looked awesome just watching it on Twitch. So, yeah, you probably actually attended more more panels and events than I did. So I was hanging out at the booths and hanging out with broadcasters and having you know, meetings at various restaurants and things like that. So I didn't actually attend too many of, of the panels. I did go to the uh, the Twitch Town Hall. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was... I was the, the, the questions and answers section was really what got me. It was a little, a little bit... I'm not sure where the people came from. They were asking the questions. And, and uh, I, I volunteered to, to help, you know, scoot people out of the line with a cane. <laughs> Yeah, I felt awkward watching it on screen. I'm pretty sure someone yelled DJ yeah. Khaled. Um, like, why? But, you know, I guess that's cool now. So, yeah. good for them. Um, but, yeah, overall, um, I thought, you know, I thought Twitch had a good presence. I think the Twitch's numbers throughout the, the event uh, on online, on the streams were good. 
I heard good reports about that. So I think, you know, if you look at it that way, Twitch had a good presence. They were the number one booth. They were the largest booth. When you walked in there, it was impossible to miss it. It was right in front of your face. Um, Twitch had perhaps the largest showing of anybody. Nerd Fusion had a booth, too, with Minecraft, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, they did. And that was that was interesting. Um, I'm glad they did that. I'm glad that there's subcultures large enough to have their own booths, which aren't cheap. No. Um, have their own presence at conventions. So that, that was good. And I hope that we'll see more of that as time goes on. I do too. I think they might be doing one for East. I don't know if that's confirmed, but uh, I would assume they would if they did one for South. It would make sense, in my opinion. Unless it just costs triple. Yeah. Well, I, I can't see them uh, monetizing their. Uh, monetizing for trade shows, but I mean, I think just the presence of having a booth there as a brand like speaks volumes to what is happening within the industry. That's true. They did sell some things, I had posters and. Yeah. And things like that but yeah they probably didn't get their money back out of it yeah but i think the value is as chris said the, the branding right you want right. it seen by as many people as possible and it kind of builds up your brand and when you have that brand recognition you can do a lot more with it and that goes for uh, any 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 size streamer right even a small streamer can you can i mean they probably can't print a booth but i mean they can still do brand recognition in in uh, in, in by digital marketing and etc. So I think it's uh, I think taking taking that and kind of bringing it to a more digital level is possible for anyone. Something else that I noticed that uh, Stream Academy had uh, a booth there as well, and they're relatively new and relatively unknown, but I, I think they had quite a bit of traffic as far as that goes. Um, um, I was I was surprised to see. So there's definitely a market I think for education um, teaching the the newer streamers how to uh, how to succeed at, at the technical level software level and also branding themselves and starting that whole process of becoming a presence on twitch um, but so many people start every day I guess a future talk we could talk about how to stand out among the competition there's it's true so much there's so much competition yeah it's whatever. harder it's harder every day you don't stream I think we're gonna get in on get in on it on the next topic here um, which you see is, is you know it's is, is, is a topic just about education really yeah so uh, Vinalis um, he made a awesome video guide about setting up a dual PC streaming setup. Um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of help out there. The Twitch uh, help page, uh, help.twitch.tv. Uh, but this was cool because it's an actual video guide that he broke down and made diagrams for. Uh, not too long ago, Animation, she also made like a CAD of her dual PC setup of how she set it up, um, which was awesome. People really like to see like how the broadcasters set their uh computers up and everything and for the the guide if you haven't checked it out yet um you can go to what is it his uh you go to his youtube or twitter page and watch it because it's really infor informing and, and that's why i'm kind of wanted to bring to that point because if you go to that site you can also see that they're selling services pretty much and that's what we like to call content marketing which is really smart way to market yourself and it's going to set you apart as someone who knows, you know, about uh, about certain topic. And in this case, it's about uh, setting up a a studio, uh, your PC studio. And I think uh, I think anyone can do the same thing. I think that 
streamers in general, they do, they do content marketing all day long. So it's a stream, you do content marketing. It's just about how you're going to push it out. Is it, is it entertainment value? Is it educational value? You can do so many different things, but I think that I, I don't think that enough streamers have really figured out how to use the content that they make in a marketing aspect. And I would, I would love to hear your guys' opinions on content marketing in general on Twitch and even around Twitch, for instance, like what he did and, and what Anne did. Well, I think it's very difficult unless you have either already um, reputation as someone who knows what they're talking about or you work for one of the outlets who's come to be respected um, among Twitch for producing this kind of thing because I think you're right anybody can produce resources and guides but will anybody trust them is is perhaps tricky um, I know that uh, streamer what's the website that that was on from Vanellis that streamer square streamer square yes correct um, they they have a, a good group of guys. Uh, Loco heads that up, and they have a good group of guys who make resources. Um, there's some you know other little clusters, community clusters, I guess you would call it, of of people who've come together and started producing content of this kind. But I think the main place that people go to search and and also to look is either on YouTube as far as videos, just directly in YouTube or on the subreddit. So I think. Um, Building up some subreddit reputation is, is probably important too. Yeah, like kind of like what Mob said. It's like, who? Like, what do you trust? You know, like how? How do you know it's legit what they're saying? Uh, usually, like when we post guides on the website, I run them by a group of people who like know what they're talking about and have experience in the field. So then that way we don't you know put out the wrong information. But it's definitely you know what to trust and who's putting out the right information versus wrong. Okay, I, 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 I can see both your points there, but I can also disagree a little bit because streamer news just came out of nowhere pretty much. Like, how did that happen? Like, you, were you the, how do you become the like, number one source for news in general? Did you just start posting it or did you I mean, in with? I didn't know anybody. Um, there you go. I kind of just was tired of looking at everybody's Twitters and Reddits and it's kind of like, dude, like, if no one read the website, I would still do like I would still write what I write because my intentions was never for it to grow or to, you know, formulate a podcast with you guys or to pick someone out and be like, hey, I want to be friends with this guy, that guy, and that guy. It was just kind of like came naturally and I just did it because I have a love for, you know, just Twitch in general. Um, but I never never like rub shoulders or rub elbows with people saying like, oh, yo, can you plug me? Can you plug me? I just like organic things. Like I don't believe in buying followers or like sucking up to people to get you know, to a certain place. It's just like genuine organic relationships is like the best way to grow or do anything. I mean, I'm experiencing experience it firsthand. Like, like I said, like I, I didn't know what was going to happen. I just did it because I liked it and enjoyed it. And you know, now we're here and it's pretty cool. It's still a little bit overwhelming, but you know, it's still cool. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you hit on a very, very key point there is that sometimes I think you can just do it. I mean, sure, you, you don't have as much trust and, and those other things when you start out but you kind of build it over time you're never gonna get trust unless you do nothing you know i started out with my uh with my blog right and i didn't think anyone's gonna trust me I, I didn't expect at all but over the over this year i posted like 94 articles in-depth stuff and case studies and it keeps coming back to me like that's the reason why people buy my services 
for that main reason because they can see that I have knowledge and they see you have knowledge because of written about it not just because I say I have knowledge about it they can see it and they understand it and I put it in in, in, in aspect they can understand it and that's what I believe can be used as content marketing at least for outside sources when it comes to like how you do it on Twitch it is more difficult I mean we are talking about I mean, for me, the market wasn't saturated at all, but on Twitch, they had thousands of streamers, big, small, whatever you want to call it. And to, to pierce through that with just content marketing is going to be difficult, but I think it's possible for anyone. And, and as long as it's done the right way. And what is the right way? Well, that's very much up to each person. I, I don't think it's like a one way to do it or look at a specific streamer and be like, oh, this person did it like this, so I can do it the same way. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. You have to look at your strengths and even your weaknesses and be like, okay, these weaknesses, let's ignore them. Let's focus on my strengths and let's build on top of those. And I think that's where you can find the most success in marketing general as well, not just in content marketing. Yeah, I just believe the work speaks for itself. People, if you're putting out something fake or non-genuine, people will see it through your work. And I just, I just really believe in that. If you do good work and you're honest and you're trustworthy and you always tell the truth, there's no reason for people to not trust you. And that's just kind of how it is. Very true. Uh, do we have some more news? Yeah. Um, so Twitch admin, uh, three Ventic updated his Twitch tools, which I found very handy this week. Um, I use the Twitch mobile app a lot. I, I do watch streams on desktop, um, but I do tend to use iPad and iPhone a lot. Uh, the 6 Plus, not like an iPhone 5S, it has a tiny screen, but you know. Um, and I wasn't getting certain like notifications up on my iPhone or my iPad when people were going live. And I was like, man, like what's going on? So I saw his link that he posted on his Twitter and I clicked it and I logged in with Twitch and everything and I saw that a lot of the people that I followed were, were disabled for notifications which is odd because I never disabled those so for me I like to know when people go live whether you know any time of the day you know there's different times when people stream all the time and using his tool helped me manage my Twitch channel so well to a point where it was like whoa like this was so handy and so useful I have to tell people because it was very helpful to me, and it should be helpful for a lot of people. I was kind of the opposite way from you, Chris. I, I used it to turn all my notifications, <laughs> <laughs> and there was no there was no granular setting stuff on on the uh, Twitch actual settings. You could you could only you could only turn them all on. There was no setting to turn them all off. Oh, as far as uh, that stuff goes. So it was it was really nice to be able to do that. And also, one of the features that I had requested from him, which was notes about each streamer because there's a lot of times where I was doing talent scouting for teams and things of that nature I, I would add people to my follow list that I wasn't necessarily interested in personally watching for my own enjoyment necessarily they were just relevant right mm -hmm. so having notes is going to allow me to put in some information about why I followed them in the first place which is which is what I was really interested in my question is then how are there other tools that you think that streamers should be using? Well, everybody's got to pick an analytics service. So I think <laughs> we could have a whole a whole talk about that. You know, there's the Twitch Twitch dashboard itself, and you've got services like uh, Stream Hatchet and Twinge and Social Blade and all the others. I think we could do some pros and cons on each and kind of mm -hmm. 
show people some recommendations that, that we have as far as looking at your own progress and then maybe looking at you know, there's a, there's an argument should you even consider your progress against other people's progress that some people would say no we could talk about that but um yeah i think an analytic service is, is number one uh, as far as that type of thing goes also you know everybody uses either some kind of uh, overlay and alerts or just alerts by themselves service um I don't know, we could get into a whole segment, I think, about tools. Episode like, two. I mean, I could come up with, like, my top five or something. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if we have time for all that today. We'll see. Maybe we have, maybe we don't. Uh, so let's, let's move down the list of things we can talk about. ISP issues. Um, something that a lot of streamers deal with, I feel. Uh, I see all the time on Twitter, whether they be DDoS or just regular ISP issues, network issues, um, and munition. Uh, again, she wrote a very long blog entry on her website discussing the issues that she had, the solutions she had, um, how she worked with her ISP network to fix it, um, and like the end result of what the issue actually was. I think that it's a very well not guide or tutorial very well explained situation and the story of like how she dealt with it in a professional manner like even though it was frustrating like you know she kept her patience and at the end of the day she figured out what the issue was and it was resolved and now she's up and running and has no issues and haven't had issues since last week and a half two weeks maybe so yeah it's totally not a guide it was about one person's fight with their isp and a lot of people have fights with their isp it's very common in the u.s especially um, but everybody's journey is going to be different. So take it as a take it as a tale of how to be patient and stick with it and troubleshoot it, even when you're not given much in the way of options. I guess take it take it for that, not necessarily as the same exact steps will be different for you than, than they were for her. But one of the one of the main things that I've always learned is you know you you often waste your time talking to first year support. You you often need to to find out and establish your relationship with that second tier or third tier person a little bit. Um, and uh, so now if I have connection issues in my house, I can just call a direct line to somebody that I know will be able to actually dig into the hardware level issues that might be there, which is nice. I think you know a lot of people need to make those kinds of relationships, I guess, because often the first tier will just irritate you to to no end and sometimes you're not given access to the higher tiers unless you buy a business level service which some streamers are forced to do just because they need the better support um thankfully not often but i mean because it's expensive do you know if that's yeah. is that is that very common among the larger partnered streamers yes it's pretty common for them to have bought either the business package or or done something because they've had to contact in so much they were assigned somebody or something of that nature so yeah i think among the big bigger streamers it's it's fairly common but but you don't think it would ever be a necessi necessity for a smaller streamer probably not um most of the time you can't afford to anyways yep. i mean it's, it's twice as much at least for the internet service if not more and the only main difference is uh, dedicated support Usually. Now, uh, in the U.S., just to explain ISP issues, oftentimes you're dealing against throttles. So throttles is when your internet company decides that your traffic is less important than other types of traffic and slows you down based on, on some things. And then you've got monthly caps where 
you know, Comcast has decided that you have 300 gigs to work with for a month, and once you've used that, then you've used it. And some, if you're on like satellite or something of that nature, your cap is way lower, 15 gigs. It's it's a very small. You might as well not be streaming at some certain point. So it's something that that is dealt with, especially when you're way out in the rural areas of the U.S. Uh, we have pretty pathetic internet if you're not in a main city. And that's just kind of how it goes here. And you're usually only given one option for your internet provider service. It's pretty terrible. We were all begging and pleading for Google to bring their Google Fiber service to everyone, everywhere. That'd be awesome. I'd be so happy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, in Sweden, we get it pretty nice. You know, we, I mean, my city right now is planning to uh, guarantee that everyone should have fiber within, I think it's within three years, something like that now. What? Um, that's awesome. So that, yeah, that's pretty nice. So I'm, I'm waiting for it right look now. This, look at this, you know, size of the problem they're dealing with. The, the land mass issue is, is a big one here. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Sweden is pretty small in comparison. In comparison. Uh, but, I mean, I, I, I don't, so because I live in Sweden, I don't really pay that much attention to it. So I don't, I don't really have that much more to say about it. So unless you guys have anything add maybe we should move on to the next bigger thing here there's probably things that we could do to help people um we could link the tool that ammunition used to to find out what her speed was to the various ingest services at twitch that's probably a useful tool mm. um uh, obviously we can give you a speed test that you could use to determine what kind of speeds that you'd be capable of streaming at we could provide that link in the description but as far as that stuff goes, um, everybody's journey is different, so it's yeah. hard for us to make recommendations unless we know your specific circumstances. Yeah, true. I just thought it was a good story for people who are, you know, stressed yeah. out about it. I mean, I, I love her blog. It's it's, it's amazing. Sometimes it's very well written. Stories. Yeah, it's very well written. And I recommend anyone to read it, not just because it can help you, but because it's just a good read. And she has a fantastic website and she does some amazing stuff with her with her brand uh, uh, so the, the next thing uh, which i think is a very big topic i'm sure both of you will agree uh is taxes uh joel shang jd recently wrote a guest article for us on the website discussing taxes for streamers um he pretty much gave a rundown of information of like what they should do um granted you know you should probably go see a CPA and everything to, to have a one-on-one. -on -one. Reading the article isn't going to help you or guide you, you know, fully through the process, but it gives you kind of like a place to start. Um, I know Mob has a good understanding of not how to do your taxes, but to kind of point you in the right direction, you know? Yeah, it's, it's taxes are always so much fun for for this time of year. Uh, everybody struggles. Nobody's saved up enough money to pay the penalties. As people are not maybe used to the idea that you have to set aside money um, for your taxes since you're not you don't have an employer withholding anymore and you're kind of left on your own you're left to your own devices so to speak and a lot of people have not gotten into the good habits of tracking all of their expenditures and making sure that they mark what is the business expenditures and having that paper trail that they can then use to itemize and you know put in their taxes so coming up with good habits and then also finding the right person or persons to help you 
Um, Joe helps with, with some, some tax issues for a couple different groups, but there's other people out there. Um, you probably shouldn't take actual tax or legal advice from people on the internet, just as a general rule, period, and that applies to us too. But uh, you should talk to a, to a CPA, someone who's licensed and certified and able to answer some of your your questions. They might not know what Twitch is, but they know what self-employed looks like, and they can definitely give you those tips. Yeah, definitely do that. When I ran my first LLC, I was younger. I was probably about like 19 or 20. I did my taxes. I owed like three grand, and I was like, uh, what? Like, what do you mean? I thought you got money back for taxes. So, you know, learn from your mistakes. I learned to never do that again. So, that's good. <laughs> I think it's really interesting because you guys have the LLC. We don't have anything similar to that in Sweden. We have something called, I guess the closest you can get is sole, sole proprietary, maybe, something like that. We have sole proprietorship here too. Sole proprietorship means that it's it's all on you. Like the You're basically doing business as yourself mm-hmm. everywhere, and it's a single-person company. Um, LLC basically means that you're taking some of the uh, penalty and weight off and your the brand becomes its own person you it's no longer all on top of you the brand is its own person over here and that own person can have its own bills and pay its own stuff and if that own person which is your company that llc um, if they get sued you're not necessarily personally liable for all the money of it etc under a personal you know under the sole proprietorship option, you're responsible for everything that happens. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a really simplistic and probably flawed way of saying that, but just that's the basics. So you're saying people should go for the LLC and not for anything else? Um, once you get over a certain size, yes. I think inevitably, the larger you grow as a streamer, you will be creating a full company. And typically, that's choosing some sort of LLC. But again, I think that's just my opinion, and and take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> okay, uh, because in, in again in Sweden, because I I, I tried this, we I actually had to sign up for something called MOSS, uh, which is multi online stop shop, something like that. Uh, basically, I have to pay different taxes depending on what country pays me. Uh, when it's di- called digital wear, and uh, it's really, really weird. I mean, European laws are really weird. Uh, recently, almost, I think we, I don't, I don't remember if we passed or kind of suggested that uh, all uh, that you should, that you should, that you couldn't be. I think it was below sixteen years old and be on social media. You just weren't allowed to. And for instance, if say Facebook or Twitter let you on their service, they would have to pay four percent of their income. And, and, and not just in Europe, but in the entire company. The police that I don't know, but they have to. That's the thing. If well, they want to operate in Europe, they're gonna have, have to. We have similar laws about protecting children in the U.S., but it's called something different here. On the fourteenth, we have we had that for a while here as well, um, but not not super strict about it. But this is supposedly going to be really strict in the, in this case, and it would kind of lock out anyone under sixteen from from Twitch as well. And from YouTube and and and, and it, I believe something like that would limit uh, future creators of media because we are seeing younger younger people creating things and it's beautiful. But if they can't do anything with it online, 
that is kind of crazy to me at least. Yep. All right, well moving on. Yeah. Um next was Amazon released a free game development engine, Lumberyard, and it featured Twitch integration, so like the Twitch Play series, things like that. Um, I thought that was quite interesting that Amazon released their own free game engine, um, along with what was a game game lift, I believed, which was the subscription service based upon a certain amount of users. Um, what did you guys think about that when the announcement was made? I didn't I really liked. Cry Engine, which is what this was based off of. So, and I, I think that it's it's great seeing Amazon and Twitch integrating in a meaningful way here. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Daniel. You, no. but I basically I think it's a sign of future developments. Not so much things we're going to see right away. It's probably a year down the line we're going to see some interesting games come out from indie developers who jumped both feet on this. Have been producing things. Um, it just means good things in the future. Yeah, that's like what I was gonna gonna you know point out that you know yeah this is now but it's not we aren't gonna see this for a few years uh, really come to fruition. Uh, but I'm really interested to see what are some of the possibilities for this. I mean the integration with would it be integration with chat or would it be integration within the game? I mean there's so many different ways that we have already seen. Uh, specific games used when it comes to integration with Twitch. Well, one of the things that I saw that I thought sounded interesting was it, the game could throw a link into your chat, and that link would allow somebody to directly connect to your instance of the game, multiplayer game, you know, with their Twitch login, basically as like a single sign-on almost kind of type deal, which is sounds really interesting because you don't have to you know, become friends on Steam and then join off of somebody and, and go through that whole process. It just really shortcuts the whole the whole thing. So there's some really interesting possibilities that are just going to make things easier than they have been in the past. Do you see any downsides to this, any of you? There's no downsides to this for me. Not really. I don't you see any. You can still use whatever game engine you want to use. You're not limited in what you're going to use. This just now gives you a choice. But do you think that, I mean, I guess it's kind of up to the developers. I mean, if you make something that kind of overwhelms your chat room with a bunch of, you know, commands and, and links and all of a sudden you, you're not going to have the best game if it's going to interfere with the interaction, right? Because the point of it is to give interaction. But I also think that we saw the same thing when we started seeing uh, dynamic overlays. There was a pose to be more, give more interaction. It was a pose to like help the viewer better understand. But in many cases, uh, we have seen, what I have seen at least, uh, kind of opposite. They kind of distract even more, uh, and and I don't want to see that happen here. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, I think part of the issue, and maybe this is something that'll be addressed in the future. Part of the issue is you only have chat as your um, feed. Mm -hmm. I mean, chat is like the, the only way to interact currently between anybody. And so there's not like a separate API channel or anything happening where you could trigger things uh, without chat um, from some of these things. So yes, it can flood chat because chat is, you know, chat space is valuable, I guess you could say. Um, and maybe that's something that will be addressed in the future. I don't know. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Do we have more one more one more topic, right? Yeah. So uh, I thought this was cool because I 
I purchased a lot of stuff from the Twitch web store. Uh, they announced that starting February 19th, um, EU shipping will be offered on the Twitch partnered merch store. Um, I know that when broadcasters would do campaigns, they would pay a ridiculous amount of shipping, sometimes almost as much as a shirt. So this is something that is cool that Twitch is doing. They've been seems like they've been working on their um, uh, apparel, so like the logistics of it, which I think is really cool for people overseas that don't want to pay, you know, pretty much double the price of what the shirt is because of shipping. Uh, I know I frequently shop on the Twitch merch store when broad, partner broadcasters' products go up, and uh, you know, I think this is really cool for people who uh, want to purchase overseas. I love it, <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you, over. you would. Yeah, so I'm, I'm glad, because honestly, many times, plenty of times, uh, I've, I've seen something I like, and then I've gone to order it, and then I'm like, oh, that's right, it has to be sent over here. And it have really, it have stopped me from buying things, it really has, because the, it becomes a big issue. And I'm really happy about this, I'm really happy about this. I'm really happy about merchandising in general being such a big thing this year. And uh, I would love, again, I would love to hear you guys' opinion on like how much merch we're seeing popping up everywhere. I mean, the whole, I th well, Twitch, just real quick to go back, Twitch did yeah. EU campaigns with Teespring, but it didn't feature the Twitch mm. on the arm, which I mean, to me, doesn't make a difference to me, uh, like a little bit, but I mean, if a partner broadcaster or if a, if a broadcaster releases a t-shirt on Teespring and it's really awesome and dope, I'm going to buy it regardless if it says Twitch or not because I want to support the artist or the broadcaster of who it is. Um, I don't know, does it make a difference for you, Mob? Do you care if it says Twitch on the side? It's nice, but at the same time, I'm, I'm like you. You know, I probably still buy it anyways if it was yeah. somebody I was close to. And uh, you know, I think a lot of people have that debate. I think if you're a broadcaster too, you feel you feel like Teespring is your only option because it has it's the only one that can do the official Twitch. Yeah. And, um, but there are other options and there are other options for all kinds of things uh, didn't you cover sh uh, shoes recently on your site yeah uh, the Nine Customs did a pair for Brotato um, like custom pair of shoes they it was cool the way they did it from uh, start to finish they pretty much started the white shoes or a pair of Nike uh, Janowski's blank canvas they streamed the entire process they made him a custom box and Pretty much stream, and they sent a USB of the actual recording of them creating the shoes. So it was like a complete package. You're not just ordering a pair of shoes and just being, oh, here are your shoes, man. Like, you know, thanks. You're actually getting like a, a complete package of like, oh, like I feel attached to these sneakers because of the process that went into them. Like, care and love went into them. So therefore, like, when I wear them, I'm going to wear them very proudly. Handmade. Exactly. I mean, I, I love, I love that. That's that's such a minor detail but it does such a big difference and and i mean you, you can't really scale that because say they get really really big right. you couldn't do that for everyone it would be impossible at that point right of course and 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 that's kind of kind of bringing this into into streamer territory uh i think that smaller streamers can use the unscalable because you can't if you have 10 concurrent viewers you can thank them individually, right? And, and you can you can even send them videos individually, even because it doesn't take that much effort. And you can make them into ambassadors for your channel. I, I think, and, and and you can't scale that. When you get to the level of the biggest top streamers, you can't do that. It's impossible. So 
when you're a small streamer, you should use that to an advantage, not to a disadvantage. You can connect better with your viewers than a big streamer can. So use that. Yes, the same way as as a sneaker. What what are you called again? Uh, Van Eim Customs. They're based out of California. Do what they do. Create something for your your little audience that you have right now, so it can grow bigger. As they are doing. And they also made like they did like Fallout inspired shoes. They did a pair of Dragon Ball Z shoes the other day, and they came out like super ill. Like they're they're dope. Like <laughs> you know, it, you could either wear them or for the sneaker enthusiasts like there are allowed out there like it's a multi-billion dollar industry like you don't have to wear them you could put them on a shelf or like put them on you know in a case you're like i want these because of this reason and you know display them because they're so cool yeah some channels that uh that i'm familiar with they used to do hand-drawn art when they were smaller every subscriber or maybe every follow i don't know they make a small you know hand-drawn art now obviously they're much larger now they can't they don't have that kind of time they can't just do that it has to be special one-offs or giveaways or something of that nature but yeah i agree when you're smaller and i think we're seeing some of that now too because you have some of these perler channels you know what i'm talking about with the little colored beads yeah I know what you're on yeah, yeah yeah um some of those are popular and, and that that wouldn't necessarily scale well either i mean it's a very manual time-consuming process but when you're small you know, take take advantage of that if you're an artist as well. Make things that are highly custom because you can. You have the time. So it's a cool concept. I hope to but see more from you. Yeah, I hope Twitch themselves expands into new categories too over this year. Um, obviously, they've gotten into the the t-shirts and the hoodies. And if you went to TwitchCon, you know, you saw some additional categories, things that had never been sold before. The merch line was crazy though. Yeah, four plus hour. I think I stood in line for over four hours. I remember trying to get a hold of you, and every time I text you, you're in the merch oh, line. Was <laughs> I was like, dude, come on, like, can we meet? I hope TwitchCon. <laughs> I hope the next TwitchCon is is so much uh, smooth, you know, streamlined. I think Blizzard does it right. If online compared to a company, yeah, you you purchase everything online ahead of time, and you go take your card and pick it up. But um. I don't know. I have no idea what this next TwitchCon is going to be like. What products would you want to see, like, expand well, from Twitch? You know, you could go in a lot of different directions. I don't know how well all of us... I think your main selling stuff is going to be stuff like T-shirts and, and hoodies, but and backpacks and maybe well, DB, water uh, bottles. Well, Design by Humans does uh, an assortment of products, like T-shirts, phone cases... I recently saw that they might be doing hats and beanies soon. Like I don't know if that's gonna be like snapbacks or fitted caps. Hopefully they're like the right ones so that way they fit everyone universally, you know. I think it's interesting. Um, because up until now we haven't we haven't seen it at all really. We you know, you have to go to either one of these shady sites where you kind of like, you know, have to credit yourself, etc. And you really have no control over the brand at all. And the only way before before that and still is to do a drop shop thing. And I I like the concept of, concept of a drop shop more than say Teespring or well maybe not the time but some humans as well. I mean I don't know if you if you guys have any opinion at all about drop shops or, or you know different approaches to selling merchandise besides doing it official way official way. I have a little bit of experience with this stuff because my, my mother-in-law does branding for companies, but um, there's there's new companies coming online all the time, and so much so that I imagine some of them will be dropping out because it's a very competitive scene for certain types of apparel. 
um, and it's potentially expensive. But um, I wish there would be more more options for the drop shop type of thing where they would make you a custom product and handle the process for you. For example, if you could get uh, squishies or something of that nature yeah. made like your sub icons or something like that, I think that, that could be very cool and have those drop shipped as an arrangement. But they're custom for you, but they're, they're also handling all the details. Um, the problem is when you get into this stuff is you have anytime you go too far down this road you have all these minimums and oftentimes it's it's expensive to set up that original run and to get that connection in the first place a company willing to do this with you is going to want their money back out of it and so they're going to set up minimums for you and so I guess watch for the fine print yeah you, you create you, you you wanted to create something similar, right? For too specific, right? Yeah. So like before streamer news started, um, I was like, the I bought a couple of t-shirts from the Twitch store, and their next level shirts. I mean, they're good, but I mean, they're kind of thin. Sometimes, like after a few washes, the collar kind of rings out. I'm a big stickler for clothing. Like I like quality things. Like it doesn't necessarily mean you got to buy a three hundred dollar Kanye West t-shirt, but I mean, you know. You can you can do your research and you can find good three hundred dollar. That'd be a that'd be a discount off of a Kanye shirt. <laughs> just just a shirt, not the actual sweatshirt. You know what I'm saying? But not. Um, <laughs> I just feel like there was a, a void to fill in that space. Um, I'm kind of familiar with like logistics, with shipping, warehousing. Um, you know, cost. I actually had a buddy in California that runs his own print shop. Uh, he started his business. It was a startup about three years ago. His minimums are low. They're 12 pieces per style, color, you know, everything. Um, it was going to give me a good break. But after crunching all the numbers and after all the splits and everything like that, like it's honestly not worth it. It's better for a bigger company like Teespring or designed by humans to kind of handle all your logistics. I know that uh, Am Cody started his own um, like streamer warehouse where he releases products on the web store and the warehouse or you know shipping facility or whoever he's using it could be out of a house could be out of a garage who knows um they fulfill the orders and i've seen him retweet and post things up about how people get their orders people are happy they're satisfied with the quality and you know i gotta give him props for that man because doing that on your own and uh it is definitely a hard thing to do and it doesn't seem like it's like a big operation from like the after the research i've done um but i think it's cool that other streamers are branching out to do that but it's definitely going to be a lot of work and you need to do volume in order to make money. Like selling 12 t-shirts after your cut, after your split, after cost shipping, like you'll make maybe, I think we did the math. It was maybe like eight or nine bucks profit. Yeah. To me, like that's not, that's not, that's not good enough. You know, you need, you need to have greater margins in order to be sustainable, you know? True. I also think you kind of hit on a really interesting point there. Like you kind of looked at the market, kind of looked at where there was a void. And and uh, I think, I think especially for streamers that are starting out or small, can do the same within a game or on Twitch in general. I think I did that, I did that with my blog. I looked at what, what do people want? What do they need? Like, what are people asking about on, on Twitch? What are people, I mean, yeah. And what are people asking on Twitter? What are people asking on Reddit? And then I kind of took that and kind of cooked together what I have today. And, and I think that streamers can do the same thing. Look at what are people, what are people looking for right now? For instance, I was able to see that uh, Rainbow Six was going to blow up. The reason was a lot of 
foreign streamers, Russian streamers were streaming and they get a big crowd. But you can look at small streamers, English streamers, and they had a little, little, but they were growing. And they were growing for the reason that people was interested in seeing that game. And there were a couple of people that kind of stuck with it. And since then, they have grown really fast due to that game. Due to that game, yes, people just wanting more of that game. And if you look at numbers, you can you can kind of gauge that. Of course, you shouldn't just go by numbers. You should go by like what you like as well. Uh, but I think that yeah, look at look at look at the market when you go through the things. Just like like Chris thought about doing with with his shop. Yeah, and then I realized that it was just too crazy, and then I was like taking a shower and I was like, I wonder if streamernews.tv is available and it was, and I bought it and then, you know, that was that. But just real quick, Designed by Humans Gaming launched a custom theme editor for web stores today, recently, like a couple hours ago. So you have the option to go in and figure out your layout, your theme color, your settings of everything that you want to do, whether it be the layout, t-shirts, it's actually pretty cool. Um, I'll be sure to give the link for that in the YouTube uh, description as well. That's that's new. I think that's pretty cool that they did that. Do you know what type of printing technique they use? Um, I have no idea. Since they don't have a color limit, I assume it is digital. But Teespring has a has a limit, right? Nine color limit. Teespring has a nine color limit, but it is up to Teespring's discretion if they do screen or digital. Oh. Uh, I definitely like screen better, so I like to feel the, the ink on my shirt, you know? Yeah, they, they actually tell you that if it's a low uh, if it's a low volume order, it's expensive for them to set up the screen print process, right? So if there's only 10 sold or something, they'll probably still do it digitally um, because they it's cheaper than setting up the screen print process. So, yeah, Teespring is typically screen printed, which is supposed to be the higher quality longer lasting print digital print is looked down upon as uh... it really is i mean i again i also love screen printing i think that it looks the best it feels the best it lasts the longest it's worth the money it, it really is and i don't understand the criticism that nine colors get i mean from a lot of people it gets a lot of criticism that it's that it's not enough colors but it Yes, and is it also if, shades of those nine colors? No, not shades. No. You 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 can create shades yourself by doing dots or doing different different techniques to create shade that isn't just using uh, just using colors. Trust me. And and I think I think that's kind of the issue. I think a lot of illustrators on on, on Twitch are not really aware of other techniques because a lot of us, even me, don't have that long of a schooling. And that's fine, but... Well, it depends on how long people have been doing design, I think, sometimes, too, because I think back, you know, 10, 12 or more years ago, when you were talking about doing print design, you were thinking in the, you know, the four-color... You you were thinking in a limited number of colors because it was print design. And um, now, in the modern age, some of us are spoiled, and we don't have to think of those terms anymore. And it's it's harder. Even if you have some design background, it's it's hard to switch gears into limited colors again. Yeah, that is true. I mean, it, it's a it's a it's a it's a unique way of working, uh, definitely. But it's a craft that is becoming more and more popular. 
Uh, I'm seeing it at least. So I yeah. Well, I mean, I'm glad that both options exist, though, right? Yeah. Because there should be a low end and a high end for almost every type of product that you can imagine. I mean, there should be a cheap ten dollars T-shirt option, sure, but you shouldn't expect it to be screen printed. Yeah. Necessarily. Mm -hmm. And there should be a high-end, well-crafted tri-blend, you know. There should there should be a scale. Like, everything doesn't have to be competing at exactly the same level. I mean, I would definitely pay, like, 30 bucks for a t-shirt if it was a Twitch t-shirt and was made, like you said, tri-blend. Or you could, you could feel the quality out the packaging, you know. Like, these next-level t-shirts they have, like, I like them. But, like I said, after a few washes, they kind of just... Kind of like H and M, it just falls apart. Do we have any more topics today, or do we want to move on to something a little bit different? Um, that was pretty much it. Those were kind of the things that happened during the week that I thought were super interesting. Um, of course, we always talk about other things that relate to it, which is my favorite part to hear you guys give your opinions. Believe it or not, we just hit the one hour mark. Yes, I noticed that too. <laughs> That's kind of what I, what I what I wanted to. I don't know if you want guys want to wrap it up or because I am tired. It I is know. almost yeah. three o'clock in the morning over here. That's why I would have I would have loved to go on for another hour talking about statistics, but sorry, I'm you're, you're dying right now. Yeah, <laughs> too much stress before. <laughs> for those who don't know, or haven't guessed yet, I am not in America. I'm sitting in Sweden right now. So yeah, shout to Dan. That's why. That's why. So. I'm guessing we're going to wrap it up for this week. Again, sorry for not being live as we told you we were going to be. We did the next next best thing by going on here and doing it, pre-recording it. Hopefully, we will be back next time doing it live for everyone to see us doing all this stuff. When that is, I'm actually not sure if we're going to have to talk about that. But hopefully, either next week or next week again. That's, 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 the, that's the goal for us at least. But thanks you, thank everyone for, for listening or watching, uh, whatever you might be doing. And I hope to see you all soon again. So that was the first episode of uh, Shimmer Space. I'm kind of here at the end of it, um, after the fact, recording something, because I wanted to kind of apologize for the bad quality on, on my microphone. Uh, my microphone that I'm using right now didn't want to work at that moment. We don't really know why, and it went crazy. I think I fixed it now, so hopefully next time you're going to hear much better audio. We're actually going to do a little bit different, so we're going to record on our own end, and we're going to send it out to me, and I edit it, so we get even better quality for the for the, for the the audio podcast. But we kind of also forgot to mention uh, where you can find us. And you can find Moblord uh, on Twitter, at MoblordTV, um, where he does all of his things. You can reach him there, you can talk to him there, etc. So go do that, go follow him. And then you can also check out streamernews.tv for all the news we discussed here today. Came directly from their website. You can add them on Twitter as well. Uh, it's just at streamernews.tv. And me, you can follow me. Uh, you should follow me on Twitter as well at uh, visual, vis Visible Speech. Uh, I can't even say that. Visible Speech. Uh, and you can also read my blog at uh, blog.livespace.se. And you can also check out my portfolio if you want to at twitch.livespace.se. So you get, you can get a, you can get a, you, you can get a kind of a grab of, grab, you can get an idea of who we are, who just made this podcast. Hopefully we will be with you very soon again. 
we're going to do some testing on our end. So next time we can be doing this live instead of pre-recorded. Anyway, have a great weekend because I'm going to post this on a Thursday. So yeah, have a good weekend, everyone. Bye.